Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I'm joined by my three regular co-hosts, Matt Dennis, Flo Dennis, and James Bunkle. Hello! 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 And no James, he's killed over. Said hello! <laughs> ah, well, the internet says no. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, the internet, it's, just, it, it's already got it in for me. I'm in pain, and the internet's just now like... I'm not even going to act like you're here. <laughs> yes, we have James Bunkle live from his hospital bed. <laughs> <laughs> not far from it, the way I'm reclined. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So um, if we do combat tonight, any uh, pained grunts from uh, Dick Fate are not acted. They are fully method. Yep, yep. definitely. He just shifted slightly in his seat. And he's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I always appreciate that you go above board in these recordings, Bunkle. I really do. Yeah. Think about it. Just you know, I'll just put it out there. I've missed. I've missed one session in like four years. That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. This. Very true. And you were and you were literally in the hospital. Mm. There wasn't much else you could do, really. Yeah. It's, at this point, I'm going to have to give you a long service award at five years or something. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! That was that one time you had the drug dealers next door. Oh yeah, that was true. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> See, we just keep adding to him now. Yeah. Well, now I need to cancel the whole award ceremony. <laughs> all this cake. Balloons. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can turn up, Bunkle. You just won't get a medal like Chewy. In... <laughs> yeah, that was bu- that was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine just pinning awards on everyone now. So, Madam Flo for the longest vacation. Hey. <laughs> Adam, for being a fearless leader in trying times. And unfortunately, James missed his long service award, so we'll see you again in five years. Goodbye, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> you just let her... <sighs> <At the end. laughs> One day we'll review the categories. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, in five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I get around to it. Uh, but yes, you will be reprising your roles as Tommy Hawkins, our gunslinger rogue, Sophia Landrin, our fighter cleric, and Dick Fate, our barbarian. And yeah, I think the last couple of sessions have been very, very story heavy, very revealing. You guys learned a lot about what's actually been going on to the north of the world, and it's not good. <laughs> You may uh, finally be getting to see more and more of the sense of urgency up here as shit is on fire and going badly wrong. It's on fire, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, isn't it, how the death of, well, the ascendance of Rogar, however we want to phrase it, um, kind of has, has reinvigorated those of us still around to actually doing something plot-related for a change. <laughs> Rather, rather than kind of, kind of be, being dragged, kicking and screaming along to doing things, we're actually like making decisions and actively participating. It's weird. <laughs> it's almost like death of a um, colleague has a way of focusing your mind a little bit. Yeah, indeed it does. And uh, yet yeah, the whole party now is a little bit more focused on dealing with what could be quite a serious threat, both from the present danger of a army of giants and whatever other creatures they've rallied to their banner literally on your doorstep to a more subtle and pervasive threat of just 
what, who or what is pulling the strings around here? And you guys are starting to get a good clue as to what's going down. Giants being turned against each other, demons involved somehow, and a little web of betrayals, mistrust, and dark rituals hiding in the nights are all leading towards some form of great destruction. Is it the time of butchery that our little Yinogu worshippers think is coming? Is it whatever Morinhol, our stone giant betrayer, has been preaching to his followers? Or is it something the Illuminated have planned and Rogar's little ties to the Whispering Man, who has always been lurking just beyond the veil? You don't know exactly what's going down, and you can probably guess that everyone's in it for themselves in one way or another. But what you learned was a bit of history. You learned of Uthrin, this legendary giant, and his impact on his followers and descendants and, you know, the whole of giant kind. You learned of his shrine in a little bit more detail, getting to fill a couple of missing puzzle pieces that you guys have started to pull together. And actually, in the last session, you were, you were gifted some protection if you choose to go to the shrine as a way to stop whatever native defenses are there, at least to get you to the door. So, yeah, you, you guys are actually a little bit better set up now, armed with knowledge, protection, and a new drive, and... Maybe a new friend, as you were pointed in the direction by uh, Hurund, our uh, stone warden elder. He kind of set you guys on a path to maybe curing an ailment you've had for a very long time, as he happened to meet a cleric but a few days ago, who, you know, was very kind and uh, helped heal up some of the stone giants, but he was a little bit tight-lipped on why he'd come to the north. But... Hurin pointed you in his direction, you followed in his footsteps, Dick Fate doing a cracking job of uh, guiding you guys through these heavy blizzard and uh, snow-colored wilds, and you got on his trail, though you were attacked by a group of yetis, some rather emaciated, angry yetis that were quite far down the mountain, a bit more than you expected. They jumped you from a bit of ambush, but luckily you guys are a pretty perceptive party and you can kind of spot these things before they go too bad. And you dispatch them, learning a few things about yetis. They like to paralyze you. <laughs> Fun creatures. Fucking yetis, man. Uh, there's more than one type of yeti. Yeah, yes, Maybe. we did learn that. Speaks the monster hunter. Yeah, well. The, the, this, <laughs> this is one type of fucking yeti. Why is there more than one type of yeti? Because it's D&D. <laughs> there's more than one type of everything. Yeah. But there can be stronger yetis to beat us later. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you guys don't even know how many types of giants there are. Jesus. So many. <laughs> so, so many. <laughs> Fuck. Happy days. Yeah. Yes, you defeated those yetis. Not too much difficulty. You're testing out your new... Uh, what level are you guys now? Level 11? Uh, yep. Those level 11 skills, Dick Fate's level 10 skills, as he's joined the party late. And, yeah, you got back on Rurik's trail, and we ended the last episode with you spotting him, dispatching a yeti of his own, calling down the divine fury of whatever god he worships. And I guess that is where we're going to jump back in, unless there's anything else uh, you think I've missed that we need to cover. Right now, you guys are... 
near one of the mountains. The the frost and the snow is still well, biting frost and heavy snow, so you're trudging through these lands with a, a deal of difficulty. Luckily, you're all you know quite tall, powerful adventurers. You're, you're not uh, completely consumed by the snow, but you do see this uh, dwarven gentleman is almost up to his neck in snow, <laughs> as it is coming up to your waist. But he's powering through like a little uh, little armored engine. <laughs> And you just watch him dispatch this yeti with not too much effort with his uh, large warhammer. And he's got heavy plate armor on that is covered in holy sigils and little bits of parchment and writing. This man, if you didn't already know he was a cleric, you'd know he was a cleric. Put it that way. (laughs) You can see kind of a long slightly brownish ginger, but you can see, like, streaks of grey in both his uh, head and beard. He's got all the little um, tokens and fetishes tied into his beard as a uh, someone who is maybe quite decorated a soldier in one line, or quite decorated a cleric. You're not entirely certain what this man is yet, and you've not actually approached him to speak. You've just watched him dispatch this yeti, and he's taking a moment to catch his breath and maybe offer a slight prayer as he uh, looks over his fallen foe and still has his warhammer in hand. The group of you were approaching, so do you just walk straight up to him? What are you doing? Yeah, pretty much. I don't, I don't, we don't want to try and do it subtly. We might spook him. So we're just going to kind of, uh, if we're all happy, I guess, um, approach him and... Dwarf. Um, dwarf. I'm, I'm going to say to him, um, a fine kill. <laughs> he um, seems a little surprised to hear voices as his uh, turns his head towards you all. Obviously he was a little caught up in the combat to know that you were approaching. And he doesn't put his warhammer away. He kind of looks over you all quite quickly, sees your heavily armed adventurers trudging through the snow on his trail. And he goes, Aye, yes, not too bad a kill. Unfortunate that it had to be done, but was either him or me. Yeah, the uh, yeti seemed quite hungry. They, uh, we dispatched a few of them back that way. Uh, seem to be, uh, yeah, thin, malnourished. Looks like they're trying to hunt further down the hill. Trying to no, normally, normally, I, I think they'd be uh, a bit further up, but they're uh, straying onto the paths and stuff now. So good that you had that um, great big hammer with you. Aye, Moradin's blessing flows well through a warhammer. I've always found good. Uh, Bring religion up close and personal. <laughs> I wouldn't know much about that, but my uh, my colleague here is a uh, is a worshipper, a fellow devotee, but of a uh, a different faith. I'm not too surprised. Kind of wondering if he spoke giant to the giant. Uh, you can ask him. Actually, no. I might just talk giant to him. Okay. What'd you say? That. Hurand told us about you. You see, um, he takes a moment and then goes, Are you talking about them giants I met just the other day? Afraid my ear for their tongue ain't that good, but that's what I think you said his name, Hurund. Yeah, we, uh, we met him. Well, in fact, we've only just really left his camp, um, passing the Etis on the way. Uh, he seemed like a, seemed like a nice guy, really. Uh, we met his, his, him and uh, the other giants. They uh, 
we had a bit of a chat with them about uh, about what they were fleeing from, and it appears that well, we're uh, we're heading in that direction ourselves. Is that so? Who are you, lot? What are your names? Uh, well, do you want to tell my names? Yeah, I, well, I can. At this point, I don't see why not. Though uh, we'll find out, I guess. Uh, <laughs> my name's my name's Tommy, and uh, I'll kind of nod to you to introduce yourselves if you like. Sophia. I'm Dick Fate, a true hero. He looks at you all and goes, "Hi, my name's Rurik. Now, would you be so kind to tell me why a group of bloody armed humans, orc, and some sort of armored creature, speaking giant, are following me through the snow? They claim you met Hurund. Did you meet him, or did you just try to kill him? Why would I try and kill him? I mean, he literally just taught me how to speak giant. Uh, do me a persuasion. I'd also add to that. Indeed, well, uh, we'll tell you. Of course, if you be so kind afterwards to tell us what you're doing on this route here. So it's like uh, 13, Sophia? Mm-hmm. That pause does not bode well. Nope. <laughs> it looks as you and us. Torture their tongue, did he? Well, maybe that's true. You see, I'm afraid you'll have to forgive me for being a mite bit suspicious, given that all I've met so far in these lands are giants who are trying to kill me, orcs trying to kill me, gnolls trying to kill me, and the occasional human who seems to have flocked to this banner of Ganaran. So, I'm a little bit, uh, on the back foot, on random strangers approaching me with weapons. Sure, you can understand. Sure, absolutely. But look, we're, uh, none of us have reached for ours. If we wanted to kill you, we could have done so. But we weren't. We were actually pointed in your direction by our mutual acquaintance. As, uh, well, we'll come to that in a bit. But, uh, if you want a short answer, we, uh, we fled the fall of Varadin. We headed up into the mountains with some refugees. When we got to a new home, we had to kick a few orcs out who uh, were looking for something there. We then decided to uh, try and chase them out of their camp, using a bit of subterfuge, and the Shimmering River camp is uh, pretty much no more, thanks to us. (sighs) We also lost a colleague there, and that colleague... It turns out might have been working for some very dark powers indeed that we were unaware of, or perhaps chose maybe to ignore. And we kind of realised we buried our heads in the sand a little bit for a little bit too long. And uh, we're aware that whatever's controlling these giants, whatever's controlling uh, all of this chaos going on up north, is going to directly affect those we care about. And um, our own interests in the area and it may just be that the fate of the world hangs in the balance and uh as my friend dick here said some of us more reluctantly than others but yes i think we could say we're true heroes sort of scoffs a little bit and then goes well hope you have learned that hard lesson well you let a rot fester in a wound and soon you have to cut the whole arm off you understand me Oh yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, I never really uh, was much 
for the worries of others and um, never really was one for saving the world and all that. But uh, times change. Turns out the um, well, you thought that the uh, all of this stuff wasn't really your your issue. You were worried about smaller things. Well, it just means that uh, you just get swallowed up by it, don't you? So, yeah, I guess we've uh, got a little bit of catching up to do. You don't choose the times you're born in, they choose you. And sometimes, well, sometimes you don't got no choice but to go along with whatever's happening. <laughs> Indeed, well, you know why we're here, but uh, no offence, uh, why is a dwarf on his way up the mountain alone? Give me a persuasion. <laughs> Good luck, Tommy. <laughs> um, a natural oh, twenty. Damn. Nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not that you can nat twenty. Uh, no, you can't. But it's <laughs> it, 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 it still feels good because no. because I also don't get a plus to a persuasion. Yeah, check. <laughs> a black twenty is uh, pretty good for Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Seems to uh, think about your question for a moment, and you you notice he was probably about to say something that was a little bit guarded, but then kind of sighs, and you see maybe there's a little bit of release of getting to talk to people maybe who aren't trying to kill him or that he feels a little bit more comfortable speaking around even though he has just met you so there's gonna always be a little bit of his guard up but he goes i'm here for a few reasons originally i made this trip all the way to the mountains on a i guess you could call it a divine calling from the great lord moradin he blessed me with guidance you could say Visions of giants rising up to conquer lands once again. And I was left feeling that that simply couldn't be allowed to happen. I could see a great darkness raining down onto the lands, corrupting everything it touched. And those creatures were mixed up in it. And that's what set me on my journey. That's what got me to leave my home in the mountains of Naros. It's quite, quite away from here if you're not familiar. And um, from you guys looking at a lot of maps recently, you would have noticed that name come up. It's it's basically a mountain range on the other continent. So he, this man has travelled across the ocean to get here. Blood, yeah. Uh, what are the mountains again? Narus, N-A-R-U-S. That's a damn long way to come for a vision. Not to, be, not to besmirch it, but you must have been sure. Moradin doesn't often give me visions without there being due cause to them, but I will admit there was something else that started to pull me this way. I, well, after I made for landfall over here, I saw there was much to do, and little did I know that some of my siblings must have felt the same call or simply wished to be closer to me, so they came following in my stead as I got to work. They didn't try to connect up with me, or they couldn't find me. Which is fair enough, I was keeping a relatively low profile. Trying to work out exactly what was going on up in these mountains, and figuring out what I could trust. I kept getting the suspicion that anyone I talked to, cities, villages I visited, that there was something malign just below the surface. Met a few people that honestly seemed a bit mad when I spoke to them. And, well, I never did meet my family, but one night my vision from Moradin changed. I started hearing them scream, 
my brothers. I couldn't see exactly what was going on, but something told me they were being killed. The only one I could sense any life from was one of the younger ones, Balin. I could sense that he was in tremendous pain, that he was lost and suffering, but I didn't know where he was. And, well, the gods intervene, but they're not normally that specific. So I've been trying to look for them as well, find out exactly what happened. Maybe one of them, maybe Balin's alive, I'm not certain. Balin Grimthorn. Yeah, wasn't he that, uh, that dwarf that, uh... Is that, is that his name? Yeah, it was He, uh, shoots you one hell of a look, Sophia, and goes, How do you know that name, lass? We knew a Balin. He was, oh, he was one of Rogar's friends, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. He'd been badly injured by the gnolls, hadn't he? Yeah, he had that's some, it. That, some, they, some they, driven Rogar through his found ankles. Him. Yeah, Rogar Ro- found him like that. R- Rogar found him, and then he, um, I think he, he went off with. Well, he was he was recuperating under um, uh, the witch lady. Was it Lysandra? Yeah, Lysandra. Yeah, yeah, he 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 was Lysandra was looking after him, but uh, I think he left with them, didn't he? When they left our camp, I don't know. It yeah. seemed like he'd he joined their cult, which yeah, may not bode particularly well. What I remember. Yeah. So yeah, so we know he's a. Uh, at least we think he's with a uh, with a cleric called Lysandra. Not a. Well, she seemed to be taking care of him, but she was a bit odd. He um furrows his brow a little bit goes, my brother was a, a man of Moradin. He may not have taken up the cloth, but I don't know if I'd buy this cult business. Did you speak to him? Really, no. Him. Was he no, mostly not... unconscious? Yeah, not really. He was, uh, he was unconscious when we, looked, when we saw him, I think. Um, he mostly spoke to, to Rogar, our colleague, the one, unfortunately, that we found was... Um, into rather more nefarious matters than we realised, and it, well, it seems like Lysandra was following the same god, entity, creature, thing. I don't know. I'm sorry, mate. Don't really do gods. What deities did they claim to be worshipping? Have you heard of the Whispering Man? He thinks for a moment, and you see he's about to say no, and then goes, "No, I wait." I was, I was passing through some no-name village a few days back, maybe a week ago now. It's hard to keep track. And there was a man there. I saw him, saw him on a street corner, just gibbering to himself. I approached because I wondered if I could heal him in some way. He kept going on and on about the whispers, about how the man talks to him through whispers. He just kept repeating it over and over again and at the time I thought I was just I brushed it off as a man who'd clearly seen some troubles. Perhaps he was an addict or a victim of some trauma. But it stuck with me. The way he said it, it was almost fevered. Like he was talking about someone he knew that he cared deeply for or something, but it was off. I couldn't quite put my finger on why. Yeah. They worship this creature? It would appear so. Yeah. As I say, not not really my area, but uh tend to tend to try and stay away from the gods and stuff. Um I know it didn't 
didn't often sit well with uh, Sophia's uh, belief in uh, Kalembo. Certainly not a not a a good pairing, shall we say? I see. Well, I know my brother. I doubt he joined these people, at least not willingly. If this cleric, as you call the garden side, has had somehow, perhaps that's why he's gone with them. But you said he wasn't conscious, so who knows what they were doing to him? I don't think so. No, he was. Uh, he was pretty delirious. He was in a lot of pain. The. Uh, I think he well, can walk. I mean, the one. Yeah, the one. One positive, at least, if if it can be seen as a positive, was we'd rescued him from a bunch of gnolls that were um, that had been torturing him. I see. Uh, but it wasn't, as I say, it wasn't, this is a bit second-hand from us, really, because we weren't 100% involved. It was mostly our colleagues, uh, friends at the time, perhaps, or at least one of them appeared to be. It's just because I'm not fully involved in this conversation. Can I just do a perception check, just, you know, on the area around us? I'm just a little bit, he's just been attacked, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a smart move. Lots of um, lots of yetis about, potentially. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Different types of yeti. Uh, it's a 17 uh 17 um you don't notice any yetis hiding around you do notice um there's a lot of movements in the snow not too far from here maybe those are the yetis that were maybe it's the tracks of the yetis that attacked you guys or maybe this uh rurik has taken out more than you realize looking around in the distance you can see obviously there's mountains everywhere and you do notice little dots in the sky that are you judging from the distance must be quite big if you were up close to them which is a little worrying they're flying and very high up at the moment but doesn't mean that they might not swoop down at one point in the future or another are they coming towards us don't seem to be they're quite far away but not getting any bigger not at the moment okay yeah i might i might just say to the guys not to uh break up this uh happy reunion but um not not too sure we should stand still too long you you pointing up at the dots yes yeah hmm yeah fair they don't look particularly friendly whatever they are uh any any ideas um rorick yeah passes his eye over that one goes no a bit too far away from my eyes to make out properly but i did wonder if We'd have some trouble. That's why I've been trying to stick close to these mountains, make myself a bit less obvious. Never end the Yeti problem. So look, we're, uh, yeah, maybe we should start moving. If you're moving in the same direction as us, that is, we are, um, well, if you like, maybe we'll, uh, as you seem to be um, not hostile towards the giants as well, perhaps we'll, uh, as we walk, we'll tell you what we're doing going this way. It's fine by me. I was heading this direction at the moment, because with all these yetis coming down, I figured something must be driving them this way. I wanted to investigate. Perhaps it was important, I'm not sure, but if something's dispersed them, then, well, who knows? It might be worth, worth seeing exactly what has. Oh, you're not going to Ganaran then, I'm guessing? I saw some sort of city in my visions. And I heard some of these giants discuss Gennaren. My plan was to head up that way, if that's where the divine will took me. Well, if you're uh, if you're up for stopping this great evil, uh, we might invite you to a uh, small diversion along your way that may just um, 
hold the key to the fate of the world. Not to be over dramatic or anything. See. And what of this Lysandra? Do you know where she's gone? They kind of fucked off, didn't they? Yeah, unfortunately not, as uh, as my colleague so eloquently put, they did fuck off. Um, it appears when Rogar are well, let's just let's just come right out with it. He decided to uh, to challenge a Hell Knight to a one on one combat, which he lost, died. Would be the first time he's died, though this time it doesn't appear like he's come back. Instead, a dragon that looks very much like him has flown somewhere in this direction. And yeah, as soon as he, the word had got out that he had died, uh, two of his friends, partners, colleagues, uh, Lysandra and a uh, big fella called Martin, both seemingly disappeared, taking with them some of the other followers, followers of the Whispering Man as well. Don't know where they've gone. Didn't leave many words. Weren't particularly keen to stick around, and it very nearly came to a fight in our um, in our fortress. So I appreciate that's a lot to take in. Is a bit, aye. But there you go. Uh, it 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 would appear that uh, yes, uh, strange things happen around us, and very much like yourself, lots of things want to kill us. <laughs> Don't worry, tiny man. Nick still not know why he's here, but <laughs> it seemed like fun. Yeah, we've uh, we picked Dick up along the way. He um he as he so eloquently puts it, is a true hero. And uh yeah, we uh we do heroic shit. I see. And tell me, Dick, are you from Throck? Where's Dick from? <laughs> no, uh Dick, Dick, Dick uh Dick from the uh Wide open planes. Dick never really stay in one place. But you know, that's how that's how Dick get uh, Dick get reputation as hero. So you You're telling me you owe no allegiance to the Flayed Skull clan? Definitely not. Dick uh Dick has allegiance to only Dick and his friend Montel, but uh Montel has been missing. Dick want to find Montel. I see. And you vouch for him. That's true. He kind of turns to you to as as far as we're aware, yeah, he seems straight up. He's uh helped us out in a couple of scraps so far, and um it appears that well, he, he is what it says on the tin really. His um his his internal monologue is a faint buzzing noise, so You should be glad. It wasn't one of my uh invoke here. Probably wouldn't have looked twice at just attacking you, walking around with a half orc, but I prefer not to judge everyone with the same uh, view. And if you say you're not part of the Blade Skull Clan, then well, now I believe you. We're quite far from their influence, so seems fair enough. Ah, uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, Do we uh, know we... about that? What the Blade Skulls? Hmm. Blade Skull. Yeah, Blade. No, we do. I don't think we do. We've we, we've only met the one clan so far. Oh, Gresh. And um, yeah, we're not in their best books at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, I might just—we might say that actually. Yeah, we—we—we've only met the one clan, uh, Ogresh. Yeah, we uh, a little bit of a falling out, shall we say? There's rather. Don't tell a... Horan that, though. Well, no, but there's rather a few less um, of them about now. Can't say I'm familiar with Clan Ogresh. Well, su- su- suffice to say, um, Dick, there's carrying their um, 
one of their most prized possessions, a ceremonial um, axe of Clan Ogrish. Hmm. Oh, is that so? Yeah, you know, one, one of them things just, just kind of kind of happens, you know. Uh, interesting items fall in your lap now and again. Picked it up at a car boot sale. <laughs> um, so, uh, look, we... Uh, I'm guessing you've no particular issue with uh, with Kalembor. Human god. I'd say that I care much for him, but I'd say the same about any human god. No problem in my book. Fair enough. And uh, your uh, your god, um, kind of positive god. What's 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 your uh, remit, as it were? You know, I'm, I claim ignorance. Sure, sure. I mean, Sophia, you can do a religion check just to see if whatever he's about to tell you is true mm. or not. God. Can I do one? Go for it, Dick. Fact, 17! Yeah. I was going to say, I'll give you the help action, but I'll do one myself. Because... Are you proficient in uh, religion? My balls. Okay. Oh. Nine. Nine. <laughs> you really wish you were o- Rogar right now, don't you? No, I'd put a self-dialogue for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Dick, you... you... You ponder about gods for a moment and get a little bit confused and then uh, lose track of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what he says to you is that uh, he's a follower of Moradin, who is a greater deity uh, specifically worshipped by dwarves more than anyone else, though uh, engineers, miners, and smiths do often worship Moradin as well because he is a... Um, he's essentially the father of the forge. He's he watches over the sort of portfolios of creation and crafting and protection, and he has a specific view on forging things and of knowledge. So he's uh, an artisan's best friend, and he is a lawful good deity. So he is uh, very much on that side. And yeah, I mean Sophia with a seventeen. You might not know all the details he gave you, but they all line up with what you do know. I kind of, when I, I look at Tommy and like nod, like, yeah, sounds about right. All right. Well, uh, sounds, uh, sounds less menacing than some of the other gods I've heard about. Look, we're, um, we're going to be straight up with you. The only, re- the main reason why, uh, why we were pointing in your direction, um, by Harund, it, um, was that, uh, we were asking about, if you knew anyone who might be able to cure something. Now, fortunately, in our travels, two, well, three of us, uh, including my uh, my robot body back there, who I've not actually introduced you to, I do apologise. Uh, this is R4, my mechanical hetero life mate. Uh, yeah, we were somehow infected by some uh, some grey disease that's... Uh, well, in fact, you can probably still see the after effects of it, of it on us. Appears it uh, sapped some of our will, along with uh, draining our abilities and uh, generally making us feel a bit shit. Uh, we cured the town of it, but uh, seem to have carried the lasting effects along with us. He uh, raises his eyebrow a little bit and looks at you, Sophia, and goes, You say you're a cleric as well? Is this beyond your skill to do anything about? Yeah, I'm quite a new cleric. Like, I took a GCSE in it. I, <laughs> you know, I'm not. Uh, I think I, th- I think the term's born again, isn't it? Something like that. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, <laughs> a, a, a monster hunter by trade who uh, 
Yeah, well, saw the light, it would appear. I mean, well, I mean, Kalimvor did come to me in a dream, so yeah. I see. Have you tried anything specific? Everybody we approach has said, nah, I can't deal with that. You're going to have to get another another guard to do that. So, um, Wasn't it something, something about it? It couldn't be cured by arcane magic or something like that. Is that right? Certainly the uh, the wizard we met could do fuck all about it. Yeah. And obviously the other cleric we knew. What was her name? Lysandra. Lysandra. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't, she was she, she wasn't not, particularly keen on helping us. She was not on the same wavelength as us. Yeah, she wasn't 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 a massive fan of uh, Sophia's beliefs and um wasn't entirely sure what to make of the rest of us. Like we weren't particularly sure what to make of her. I see. So beyond the skill of regular clerics, that's uh, that leads me to believe that's got some sort of powerful effect on you. Fair enough. The two of you that's affected? Uh, three. Uh, also, uh, my robot buddy as well. Yes. I didn't know you had it. He does. Okay. He nods and goes, well, let me inspect one of you then. God's fear, it's, uh, you got it worse. I do have it worse. Okay. Um, so you uh, approach? Yeah, I mean, I start to like, you know, when the doctor wants to listen to your chest and then <laughs> realise that he probably doesn't want to do that. So, um... Yeah, just, just, just sticks out her boobs. <laughs> just, <laughs> listen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stick my tongue out. I mean, you, you, you're going to have to, yeah, no offence to him, but you're going to have to bend down a fair way as well. So you're kind of bending bending down, sticking your chest out and your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, is that not how I'm going to pay you either? Okay, right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> No matter how long I live, I don't think I'll ever understand humans. <laughs> he, uh, he puts his warhammer sort of back on his back in the uh, holder and uh, takes, uh, I assume you take like your helmet or whatever you're wearing off mm-hmm. and uh, kind of reaches up to your head and you watch as his hand kind of glows with this faint golden glow and he sort of inspects you a little bit, looks into your eyes. You can see, you know, the sort of dark circles, the slightly still grey effects on your flesh not nowhere near as bad as it once was but there's there's physical markings that's more noticeable to some than others and he focuses a little bit and goes i see i see what you mean it's like there's something something that's lingering inside draining away at your at your will weakening you well i have good news and bad news on that front okay well um go on sophia you're being examined do you want the good news or the bad news What's the bad news? Bad news is I can only cure one of you today. Good news is I think I have just the spell for this. I'll kind of nod in your direction. Go on in. Would you? We would be eternally grateful. I mean, you don't know how much this has affected me. Kind of uh, stops you being able to do many spells, doesn't it? It, Yeah. You don't quite have the... um... The, the finishing ability. <laughs> oh, hey, I've always been able to finish, mate. Uh, have you? Not recently. Yeah, but, but shut up. Uh, Rorik just completely straight-faced, just goes, Aye, yes, well, Cleric's greatest weapon is their faith and willpower, and with that drained, I'm sure you're pretty much useless. Completely yeah, thanks. Yeah, if thanks. I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, okay. I don't know how you function. 
Frankly, I... it was me that struggled to get up in the morning. Just <laughs> absolute failure of a cleric. Honestly, <laughs> pathetic. I mean, if you were part of my order, I'd have kicked you out. I mean, I mean, she, she, she's got a bow. <laughs> she's, not, she's not completely useless. And suppose that's, that's like you giving a child a stick and call him a warrior, though. <laughs> yeah, anyway. that, that, that's dick. <laughs> no matter what you say, God seems like a world heavyweight cunt to me. <laughs> so, uh, Rurik kind of takes your head in both of his hands, and you watch both of his hands begin to glow with that golden light, and you feel like something washing over you, like a warmth, welcoming, and it's kind of familiar to you. It feels a little bit like when you channel Kalemvor's power, and you kind of get that that rush and that glow from being bathed in that divine energy. It's a little bit different, but it's not unpleasant. Like, sometimes when Rogar would heal you, it would feel very unpleasant, and almost like it was worse than the uh, the damage you've taken, even though it would still patch you up. This feels at least close enough that it doesn't feel uh, aberrant or horrifying. And you feel something almost... It's like your brain has been in a vice this whole time, and all of a sudden it's starting to loosen. And those of you watching on actually watch as these little slivers of color start to emanate from Sophia's head, and then just dissipate and disappear. The final attached claws of the color out of space being removed by a greater restoration spell. Hey... And your wisdom finally returns to normal. What's your wisdom again now, Sophia? I'm trying to find out, dude. It's been too long. <laughs> I told you to make a note. <laughs> I, I've, wrote, I've written a note, but I'm going back to J- June. Jesus, was, a, was it a year that we were there? <laughs> Nearly. Fuck I me. Was, I want to say it was 16, but I'm not 100% sure. Getting hell. Wisdom is originally 14. 14. What am I on? What was I? I'm wisdom. Nine. Dude. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> I went, I've gone from a minus one to a plus two, you knob jockeys. <laughs> I'm going to be like reaming out fucking, I don't know, Plato or some <laughs> other kind of shit. Because I'm wise again. <laughs> I yeah. think, therefore, I am motherfuckers. <laughs> wise as a ball. That's what I'm saying. Isn't like a cleric? Your wisdom's only three higher than dicks. That should be fuck, quite worrying. Fuck you. <laughs> didn't start out as a cleric. Yeah, <laughs> not meant true. to be a cleric. No. In fact, I'm a I've, fighter. Got, I've, I've actually got higher wisdom than her by natural, but. Fuck off. Tommy's like an idiot savant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like occasionally you'll say something that is just truly um philosophical and poignant and you don't know, quite know where it came from. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Been doing less of it though cuz I'm 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 waiting for my uh my dose of that sweet sweet healing hopefully. Does it come in two jabs and do they need to be far apart from each other? <laughs> no, just just the one jab. Oh, okay. this is the uh J&J Great Restoration. <laughs> it's only one shot. <laughs> Yeah, but has it been approved? Well, 
Well, I've got some supply line issues at the minute. That's why I can only do one of you now. But tomorrow. <laughs> so I'll, I'll book my appointment in for tomorrow. That's fine. Yes, please use my app. It goes through Moradin. <laughs> well, mate, so I, uh, bad. Yeah. So, yeah, you look a bit perkier, Sophia. And not just because you were sticking your tits in his face a minute ago. I mean, he didn't even touch them or anything. I mean... I know, he's a, he's a man of God. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Tommy? Yeah? Could you do me a favour? Depends what it is. Could you slap me on the ass? Because I miss Roga. Yeah, go on then. I'll give <laughs> you a good crack. Wait, really? Got... People miss Roga? I'll give you a good crack across one last <laughs> cheek. Roga's just like, he's like that asshole you hang out with. That's, you don't really know why you hang out with him anymore, but you kind of miss him when he's not there. Yeah, I know I mean, exactly normally what we you just, mean. Yeah, we normally just call you the DM, dude. <laughs> 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 I'm going to die now, aren't I? So those thin strands of the Colorado space reform. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger than the old one. All my friends are assholes, so I don't really know which one to pick, to be honest. Hey. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> friends right not not wife i didn't spe- specify wife no mm-hmm. you would be manny cookson's friend and all of our friends are ourselves so you know yeah just, just putting out there yeah that's why we're friends <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes after so yeah. a uh, long long time <laughs> can i i'm gonna do a little dance i think like emanate one of um like is it thunderhawk Oh, yeah. yes, Thunderhawk. Yeah, yeah. do one of their dances, maybe? Mo- or just mosh. It's going to mosh. Well, you could, you could, you could, you could, you could emanate like, um, like pretend to be uh, Kurt Peacocking on stage, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, me. Um, with, the, with, the, with his guitar doing the chicken walk and stuff. And, yeah. His, yeah, his air guitar. Yeah, yeah, his ether guitar. Air guitar. Ether guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it's an instrument. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, that's uh, yeah, Alex. Uh, I'm looking forward to my dose tomorrow. Um, thanks, mate. Listen, um, I got one more question for you. And seeing as you're from, well, quite a long way away, perhaps you might not know, but uh, I have a feeling that uh, other followers of your faith might uh, might have found themselves wound up um, with the firm. He um, gives you a bit of a quizzical look for a second and then goes, I do know who you're referring to. I, though, can't say that they're accepted tradesmen where I'm from. We have been noticing some of their gear showing up in the most unlikely hands, at least when I left. That was still the case. I only imagine it's probably got worse since then. Yeah, well, uh, as a... Uh... As a worshipper of craftsmen, uh, do you have any, um, any knowledge of firearms at all? You asked me that a few years ago, I wouldn't have had any idea what you're talking about, but some of the battles we've been having across the mountain ranges back in my hometown, my home city, we've been noticing the orcs there are lacking weaponry that at first was a little bit unknown to us, but after examination, there were five sticks that shot these small metal round things at us caused devastating damage. Take it that might be what you're referring to. 
Uh, yeah, Tommy's going to just just spin out one of his pistols from its holster um, in a non-threatening way and just kind of show him it's resting in his hand rather than fingers on triggers or anything like that. Something like this, but perhaps maybe bigger. He looks at it and goes, Aye, bigger and a lot cruder. I'll say that. Whoever made that one's got a bit more of a artisan's eye to it. A bit more efficient, perhaps. The ones we've seen are quite simple. Some of them seem to even explode in the hands of the hawks that wield them, but they don't seem to care too much for friendly fire. My um, my mate Valmin used to make these. It appears that uh, he had some dealings with the firm, and they wanted him to do some stuff that he wasn't particularly keen on. So uh, they kidnapped him, and I believe they may have taken him to uh, Arkenveld, and they're using some of his ideas. Well bastardising him, turning him to crude, cheap, mass-produced guns, giving him, selling him to the orcs. What you say is true. They're probably trying to force him to put his better designs in their hands, tip the wars in their favour for some reason or another. Got to be money, hasn't it? That's all I can think of. I expect so. From what I know of the firm, that's all that really seems to drive them. Yeah. Well, it appears anyway. Do you know do you know of Arkenveld at all? I'd say the name does ring a slight bell. As far as I understood, some sort of prison. Appears where that's where their shipments are coming from, so I don't know if they're using uh using slave labour to produce it, using the prisoners to build the weapons. Certainly, uh that's where I think my mate Valman is. But yes, he was a he was a craftsman. I'd say probably not too dissimilar. In fact, uh and I may be a bit, a little bit rusty, but um, and I switched to dwarvish. It's been a long time since I've been able to talk like this with anyone. Feels like I've not actually met a dwarf since uh, I left Faradin. So, hope my uh, accent's not too bad. Yeah, huh. uh, you actually get a little bit of a chuckle out of Rorik when you do that, and he goes, "I see Valmin ain't a uh, dwarvish name." He replies to you in dwarvish as well, just to uh, communicate that way. And goes, "Valmin's not a dwarvish name. Who taught you this?" Um, I don't actually know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, you're right. No, but um, he used to speak. Uh, he used to speak some dwarvish. We had some uh, some repeat clients at his shop, and um, well, you know, it's uh, it tended to help to smooth matters over if we were all speaking the same language. And um, it would appear that uh, dwarvish is the language of the craftsman. And I will say, if your friend used to make craftsmen for some of them city dwarfs, you know, some of them have quite uh, refined tastes and a good eye for quality, so your man must have had skills. And he kind of thinks to himself for a little bit and goes, you know, you say they're bringing in shipments from this Arkenveld. Yeah. I'm not 100% certain where that place is, but I know some of our scouts did track one of the firm's airships after it had just made some sort of delivery. We were too late to stop it. So we tracked it as far as we could. And I can't be certain, but given some other intel we'd had in the past, seemed to be heading in the direction of Zephira. I don't know if you're familiar with the island. I've never been there, but there seems to be quite a few um, story hooks that are perhaps leading me in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> What, like a rank, sure? Perhaps. 
perhaps also hear tell that um, my father might be there as well. So two birds, one stone and all that. Craig, I don't know much more than that, though, but I share that information with you freely. Perhaps it can help you. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, he was definitely taken on a, on a uh, on an airship. So perhaps that's where we need to go. Once, of course, we've uh, saved the world. Aye, there is that trifling little matter to resolve. And um, he's, he'll swap back to speaking in common just so that everyone else understands. He doesn't know if, whether anyone else could speak or not. And he's probably getting some confused looks from this conversation. <laughs> um, what does that mean? Just said definitely for the confused looks. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he wants to essentially go see what's driven these yetis out as he feels that whatever has done that driven them away from a point is at least worth investigating. How do the rest of you feel? Are you wanting to follow him or talk him out of the idea? Well, the chances that the thing that's driving away the Yetis is Rogar. Whatever it is, it's not going to be good, is it? No. Um, but... It's another side quest. Not necessarily. I guess it depends how much of a diversion we need to take, because we want to be, we want to be heading kind of fairly sharpish towards um the mountain don't we and the shrine yeah we want to be we want to be getting to the shrine so if it's if 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 we if we can if we can if it's on the way kind of a, with a, with a little dog leg out to to where he wants to check then yeah i th- i feel like that's 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 a reasonable diversion to to go because we don't we don't want to be have something hor- horrendous behind us yeah, but um, but at the same time, is I he, don't know. Is, is he asking for our help? Um, he would propose that if you all have the same concerns in mind and stopping these uh, giants, he is happy to offer help in that sense. But he he finds this situation with the Yetis quite strange, and he's you can see he's the sort of guy who kind of trusts his gut and or his faith that he wouldn't be here noticing this and having this happen to him if there might not be something useful there. But he could be wrong. You don't know. Man's never heard of a coincidence. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I, I, it, I, I, I don't want to be wandering around the mountains for days looking for like where yetis have gone, following tracks and stuff. But at the same time, if, if, we, can, if we can head there on the way, then I don't see why... It, and he has done us a massive favor. He has, yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll help him out, I suppose. Um, However, begrudgingly. I mean, he'll also tack onto that. He goes, um, "Whatever is driving these things towards us, if we don't go deal with it, that might continue to happen." And I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily want to be fighting yetis the whole way to this mountain you're trying to reach. Now, very true. The um, there's there's a little snag, perhaps, in the plans. Mm. I don't know if um did our man Harun bless you with anything? I can't say that he did, no. Right. Well uh Maybe just don't enter the, the Yeah, we might have to uh might have to enter alone without you then, I'm afraid. But we'll see when we get to it. Yeah. It appears that uh the shrine is protected by well, Harun wasn't hugely specific. But uh, it would appear spirits or something along those lines. Now he uh, 
he gave us a uh, a little tap, which apparently is going to ward off whatever the guardians are from killing us. But uh, yeah, you might not want to get too close when we do get there. Yeah, um, nods and then goes. I'm glad for the warning. I suppose if I need to wait outside and offer some lookout while you guys deal with whatever's going on indoors, that's fair enough. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But yeah, okay, let's uh, let's head up and uh, see if we can find out the source of what's driving these yetis down. But um, yeah, as I say, we've um, it's fairly important we get to the shrine reasonably soon. Yeah, just put forward. Why not lay up? We know there's going to be little to no danger when we get to the shrine. I... He's, Dick's working based on the fact that he assumed nothing knows where it is and they have a way past all of the guards and stuff. So. Yeah. You see, it seems like a good idea on paper, but um, every single time we tried that, Dick, uh, it hasn't gone hugely well for us. It might be a good idea, just for once, to actually uh, stay Not together. Not split the party. Yeah. You should come up with ideas. I'll just uh, say we're codependent. Don't, don't, get, don't, don't get me wrong, Dick. I mean, keep coming up with ideas. We might just shoot you down, like we did. <laughs> but that's what you guys do to me all the time, every time I try and suggest we all go to a strip club together. So. I mean, I don't need to go to a strip club. The dick's right here. <laughs> He keeps he keeps swooshing. <laughs> I know, but it's like the same one every day, isn't it? I don't need to see multiple co- dicks. Fair enough. Just just like seeing the one then. Mm, bit flaccid. Where anyway, dicks I... are windmilling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought you'd uh, you'd prefer the other other type of strip club. I'm not fussy. Well, fair enough. See, I told you, poo poo my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, do you know what I miss? Bathing. You know I just, I know I've just started thinking about it. You know, buried in all that, it's quite a lot to take in, isn't it? Like losing your, losing your home, losing your city, and that. But I've just realised, really fucking miss the House of Glass. <laughs> Man, those were the days. He no, does we, no, know that. What? Uh, only Sophia knows. What I'm, I'm just staring daggers at you, and I'm just like. My brother got, like, knocked the fuck out at the house. Of... Fuck, you know. Yes, well, you're not supposed to, like... you got to keep... got to bring a few mates, someone to keep an eye out. You know, you people are always getting robbed in there. Best place to rob someone when their pants are down. I will bear that in mind. Thank you very much, Thomas. <laughs> anyway, just uh, memories <laughs> of a happier time. I feel like uh, Tommy's nostalgic memories are very different to most people's. Yeah, <laughs> except like um, you know when you do the the, the memories mm. from the corner of my eye. I got like Tommy in like a vignette, like mugging someone in an alleyway, laughing, spending the stolen gold in the pub, going to the whorehouse afterwards. Just oh, a nice yeah. little montage. Yeah, but in in that kind of soft focus, like yeah, <laughs> nice happy music playing over the background. Yeah. Getting in, a, getting in a street fight at the end, knocking a guy out. Yeah, contracting syphilis. Yeah, You're coming out, you get punched by a guard, and Handrel shanks him in the throat. You guys <laughs> running off into the evening together. 
those are the days. Uh, misty watercolor memories. Oh, Handrel. <laughs> yeah. What did Rogar do to you? This is just going to be a nostalgia episode. Um. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah. this uh, agreement come to you. You guys are going to continue heading in the direction Rurik was heading anyway. Yep. You see he, unfortunately, as a dwarf, is not the quickest, so he is trying to lead, but then kind of quickly falling behind you guys who are a little bit quicker than he is. I mean, Dick is just storming ahead, comparatively. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't he have, a, like, 45? Is it 40? 40. Yeah. Bloody hell. And quick. Tommy has a, a bonus action sprint as well, so he can jog and keep up quite easily, whereas um, unfortunately dwarves have a uh, natural movement of 25 feet, so halved, he's not doing a great job. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I forgot I, about I suppose I can he can he not walk in walk in our footprints to help him a little bit. He's trying his best. He's uh trying not to act like this is uh, difficult at all. But every time you guys leave him up behind a little bitch here, like a harumph, and he just sort of picks his heavy armor up as best he can and trudges along behind you. Yeah, poor dwarves. Then they're, they're natural sprinters, aren't they? Yeah. When you said pick up his armor, I just automatically thought of him grabbing his tits and then just trying to run. So they don't bounce along as much? I felt him like he was hiking it up from his belt, like he was trying to lift the whole bottom half so it didn't drag in the snow. I mean, he could have saggy tits. I don't know. Why, why, why does he have tits at all? He's probably I like... I don't know. It's just like, the fact that he said hiking them up and all of it automatically, I thought, of a woman... I guess. Who, yeah. I mean, I if I was to run, if I needed to run, I'd probably hold my chest. I guess. No, you guys. No. I need to get some women on this pod. In fairness, yeah. In fairness, yeah. We 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 mustn't assume our gender. So. Yeah. See. Yeah, uh, you've got you've got a point. Oh, we do. Also, you. I don't know if you know, but a lot of dwarven women have beards, so yep. we don't know who is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, we. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Rorik. Uh, tries to lead you guys in the direction he was going as you keep uh, having to wait for him to catch up. Eventually, you come uh, closer to a separate part of the mountain that um, you can see an entrance into the side of the mountain, a cave of some sort. You don't know how deep it goes. It looks quite dark initially, but as you guys are approaching, you hear a chilling owl that reminds you of the yetis you encountered before when they attacked you but then it's quickly followed by a flash of light inside the mine like a sudden burst almost as if like tommy had been in there and fired his gun it's that kind of flash but you don't get the same noise as a gunshot and out of the cave first burst one yeti kind of scrabbling forward on all fours same as the other ones you saw before same kind of crazed slightly emaciated look to him and is now unfortunately barreling towards the group as as you were approaching but followed quickly by a yeti almost double the size of the other this hulking behemoth of a yeti though slightly emaciated perhaps but this thing is still a thundering wall of muscle and rage and claws and it is barreling towards you. And I think that's where we're going to end this episode. Lovely. <laughs> nice. So it's, a, it's a crash. 
for yetis. I was just <laughs> thinking of like an errant yeti child just running away because he's being a naughty little shit. I think I think it's something to do with the with the flashes of light inside, perhaps. No, no, no. No, Mild just is yeah. better. That was that was just Yeti telly going on in the background, was it? <laughs> oh, don't talk to me or my son ever again. Uh, <laughs> there's just there's just 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 one Yeti and one smaller Yeti in the same pose um, <laughs> on the battle map. So, <laughs> yeah. so next week. Oh. God. Yes, next week we get to fight some more yetis, but one of them is significantly larger. Yeah. So remember, I was talking about other types of yeti. Yeah, I, I feel like you made that point a few times. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this thing's about three times Tommy's height at the very Jesus. least. But still, a yeti, not a giant. Not, not a giant. Not technically. It is a monstrosity. Even better. Mm. Why is it never a fey fiend or undead? Because you're not fighting in a graveyard, the Feywild, or hell. Need to go to those places. I'd have a party in those places. Exactly. Be my guest. Do we we need to go to those places? (laughs) To be fair, Nick wants to go to the Feywild. Yes, eh? There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Do it. Shall we book a holiday? Again, Airbnb to the Feywild. Airbnb. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... We get our deposit back if it's COVID. <laughs> uh, COVID. Very true. Do, do they have COVID in the Fey world? Uh, D&D question. <laughs> One day you'll find out. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so, yes, uh, that was the episode. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And uh, Normally I do my usual spiel, but um, if you have been enjoying the show... That's something a little different this week. Um, we've been in a few conversations with D&D Beyond, and if you want to uh, support the show in a very, very simple way, all you need to do is go to dndbeyond.link slash gtmp. I'll put the link in the uh, episode uh, description that you'll see on whatever platform you're using. But all you need to do is click it, and it'll take you to D&D Beyond, your account as usual, if you've got one there. But it will help us in... Uh, some things we've got planned down the line. Be a very simple way to help out the show. But we, if you want to... Go on. Oh, I was just going to say, we promise it's not a Rickroll. We promise it's not a Rickroll. It is a legitimate <laughs> link that uh, helps us grow our uh, little pod here into something special. Well, it's already special, but something big and special. There you go. Strippers! <laughs> yes, strippers. That's what it'll <laughs> give you. <laughs> what, we, we, whichever, whichever you like, the, um, the naked ones or the chicken ones. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Get you some nice chicken. <laughs> so I feel with our show it should be duck. Probably. Definitely, definitely. Oh. Uh. Need to do some food tie-in somewhere. Oh, I'll work yeah, on some do. sort of sponsorship. <laughs> but uh yes. Life Otherwise, host and sauce. Exactly. That's what we need to get. <laughs> Uh, but otherwise, if you want to support the show, there's also our Patreon, patreon.com slash GTMP. Or if you want to just chat with us generally, we have Twitter accounts. I'm at Trees and No, and my players are there with their player names and GTMP at the end of it. Or you can check out our WordPress website for backstory and lore, as well as our Facebook group, all at Gunpowder, Trees and No Plot. And I will hand you over to my co-host to say their own goodbyes. It's Ask Dick! Hello. My letter this week 
Dear Dick, my name is David. I was recently kidnapped, and I am now enslaved by an evil cult. I'm starting to think what they say makes sense. Should I drink the Kool-Aid? <clears throat> Dear David, that sounds like excellent news. Cults, no matter how evil, can provide you with new friends and a sense of purpose. In terms of Kool-Aid, though not available where I'm from, I hear it is extremely refreshing. Get some down your neck and have a great time. It's a dick. Motherfucker. Well, life advice as always. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it, it felt like a bit of a YMCA thing there going on. I don't know why. The, the young, young Men's Cult Association. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll hand you over to Tommy, I suppose. Yeah, so uh, the next letter on Tommy's big book of spells is the letter D. Yes, we are still doing this. D is for, and this might surprise you, actually. This is a spell I actually like. D's for Dimension Door. Hey! Gotta love a bit of Dimension Door. Now, you know, you know what I'm like about spells and stuff. Um, Wizards clicking their fingers, I don't know, stroking themselves, stroking their egos, throwing up great big fucking fireballs and shit. Fucking hate it all. But this, this is actually quite useful. You know, you're in a bit of a tricky spot. Maybe you and a mate are, and you want to fuck off that way. Well, Dimension Door teleports you from your current location to any other spot within range. You arrive exactly at the spot desired. It can be a place you can see, one you can visualise, or one you can describe by stating the distance and direction, such as 200 feet straight downwards or upwards, or to the northwest at a 45 degree angle. Uh, you can bring along objects, as long as their weight doesn't exceed what you can carry. You can also bring one willing creature of your size or smaller who is carrying gear up to its carrying capacity. Willing's a bit of a grey area, but it can't be hostile to you. I just added that bit because a few times I'm not entirely sure if when Rogar chucked us, he um, asked permission first. Creature must be within five feet of you when you cast a spell. If you'd arrive in a place already occupied by an object or a creature, you and any creature travelling with you take 4d6 force damage and the spell fails to teleport you. Which sounds like a bit shit, but fortunately that never happened to us. Yes, Dimension Door. Andy spell that a colleague of ours, well, should we say the sword of a colleague of ours, used to have at his disposal and uh, helped us out of a few tight spots. It's uh, quite a shame to lose it, really. Yeah. How many times did we have Dimension Door and we just... There was no willingness. There was like, oh, I'm being pulled along. Yeah, as I say, that's why I kind of added that amendment in there, that it's not... It doesn't. It's willing is willing. Object, but but yeah, how willing is willing really? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're good friends. You trust him to cast spells around you. I take that as willing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So so not hostile. I think is the okay. Yeah, is the definition okay. that, really? That, that, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Funnily enough, if I believe if you're unconscious, you can't be considered willing for the spell. So it doesn't <gasps> work if someone knocks you out. Wow. Rude. Yeah. That's a bit so, shit, isn't it? Yeah, that if you get knocked shit. out cold, someone has to uh, wake you up before they can dimension door you out of there. Hey, 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 buddy, hey, buddy, I'm going to dimension door you, okay? Whoa, 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 whoa. Ah, yeah. a... <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. 
As you say, the letter is D for Drench, which are the least powerful demon. They are petty, ugly, and they are casually sacrificed by higher-ranking demonic entities, doomed to likely uh, doomed to an eternity of d- disappointment. They wallow in their own stink and self-pity while bemoaning their fate. And I'm pretty sure we all know someone like that, don't we? Yep. yep. It's you, Matt. It's me. Yeah, your instinct. I mean, I, I, I can be a bit smelly sometimes, but I don't sit and moan. We've been meaning to tell you, dude. It's, it's getting really well, bad. I mean, you can't even smell me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> over that, the internet. That, that's how bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, once again, thank you for joining us, everyone. And if you enjoyed the episode, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. See ya. Hey, Dan. Hey, Jared. Do you like podcasts? I love podcasts. Why do you ask? Do you like podcasts with two guys who talk about films? I do. Yeah, because I feel like not a lot of podcasts do that. I don't think so either. It's like a new, cool thing. So I heard this podcast called The Indie Film Review, where these two guys talk about independent films. Wow. Pretty. I love independent film. And they they talk about low-budget, no-budget films. They'll literally review anything because they're desperate for attention. What are the hosts like? One's really sexy and talented, and the other one's just kind of there. The Indie Film Review. Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects you heard during this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so be sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.